Hello sacred souls and welcome to My Sacred Return, the podcast. I'm Liz and I created this space to help you connect with experiences that let you know you're understood. Whether you're struggling to juggle the weights of the world, feel like childhood wounds are still holding you back, or just want a peek into the life of someone doing the work, I'm pretty sure that I have something for you here. So let's talk. Hello my sacred souls and welcome back to another episode of my sacred return the podcast if you're new here welcome I'm Liz and if you're returning thank you so much for being here again today this week I have the guest that I've been telling you about that I wanted to have on the episode I have my friend Tamira she is she's so many things so I'm gonna let her introduce herself but I will say that she has a blog called in my own words where she shares and I'm so glad she's got her blog back because she used to blog before now she's back Mm -hmm. blogging so if you need to hear anything about motherhood mental health from the real not sugar-coated not made to sound prettier than it is the truth then you can go to her if you want some cakesicles you can also go to her because she has an amazing business which I'm so jealous I can't eat yet because I'm vegan but I might one day (laughs) who knows um but yeah she's here now we're going to be speaking about reparenting yourself whilst parenting and I thought who better than someone that I know 100% is actually doing the work so Tamira would you like to introduce yourself (laughs) No, because you've just done it for me. <laughs> no, um, I'm just Tamira. Yes, as I said, I do have a blog. I don't really put it out there like that. So, um, but I'm sure people listening to this, it would be something that you'd like to read. So that is fine. You can share the link to that list. But um, yeah, and you know what? You also reminded me that I do have a small business. Um that I did start during lockdown but yeah I'm just a mom I'm a mom of two and that's really like my main focus in life right now whilst I'm on maternity leave and doing lots of inner work like the stuff we're going to talk about today I love that like when you mention being a mom you just glow you're not just a mom <laughs> like that's such a big deal and I think you're the perfect person to speak about with that because people nowadays when it comes to parenting there's so many things that we have to do with the work on ourselves that although it can be tough you still like have so much joy in the fact that yes I am a parent I'm excited for us to have this conversation with the ups downs highs lows everything give it to all of us before we get into then you being a parent I wanted to go back to your childhood and start with how were you parented um so I'm one of three technically four I guess um I have an older sister on my mom's side um, and I have a younger brother and sister then my mom and dad like they're married they've been married my whole life so they've been married for 31 years so that on paper sounds like quite a normal dare I say healthy um family setup because they were together and I, I you know but I just feel like our generation of parents like it was just a completely different time so you know when I reflect back because it's not only until I became a parent myself that I really reflected back on 
okay, what what were my parents like when I was young? Like, what was I thinking and feeling? And aside from the fact I did go through a traumatic event in my childhood that would have impacted how I view things, if I take that away and I just think about how my parents parented me, it was very much children are seen, not heard. So, you know, you weren't encouraged to express yourself. You know, it was shut up before I give you something to cry about don't backchat me go to your room you go to your room you scream in your pillow you're like I hate you I hate them but more specifically for me my mum didn't emotionally connect with me so I never felt that affection and warmness from my mum and so when I look back that is something that sticks out to me because it's like when I was growing up and I had friends who would be like their mum is their best friend I used to think like, wow, that must be so nice. And not that my mom was horrible because my mom's a really sweet person. Like she's, I don't feel like she has a malicious bone in her body. She's not horrible, but there was not that connection between us. And so it felt quite cold. I, you know, when I think of emotions, I feel like I didn't really have emotions for a long time when I obviously did it was just suppressed with the experiences I was going through at that time um but then also you know when it comes to the relationship with my mom like we didn't have that closeness so she's not the person I would call if I'm in a crisis or to ask for advice she didn't teach me about boys she didn't teach me about my periods which is another side of reparenting we'll talk about and so like when you don't have that closeness with your mother it's like you don't have a connection to your womanhood because that's your direct connection to your very essence and so that was always missing for me and it feels hard to say things like that because I feel like I'm being harsh and critical of my parents but I'm not I know that I I know and understand that especially as being a parent they did the best they could with what they had but I can't deny the fact that that was missing on my life and that is how they parented me. I definitely get what you're saying there. I think it's so hard when your parent, you know, they're not a bad person. They tried their best, but still their best. There was like gaps in the way that you were parented that you would have liked them to be filled with something else, whether it's an emotion, a bond, a connection, um, I think it's harder that way than your parent blatantly being like, this parent was abusive, they did this, they did all of these things. So it can be harder to speak out on that. But it's also very important because there are plenty of people who silence themselves from their traumas and things they experienced in childhood because they're not comfortable with admitting that although they love their parent and they know they're a nice person and they did their best, they fell short in certain areas for them but by speaking on it you can free yourself up a bit from that and be able to make the changes so at what point was it that you realized that the way you were parented wasn't how you wanted to parent your children was it when you first had your first child I would say yeah so when I became pregnant pregnancy is such an emotional um such an emotional journey and I think when I was pregnant, just knowing that, you know, I wasn't going to ask my mom to be a birth partner, you know, like, whereas that's something that a lot of women do, knowing that 
I wasn't close to my mom during my pregnancy so it's like you know I can't lean on you and ask you about things like I've no idea what my mom's pregnancies are like or what her births were like really to be honest so it was like I realized at that moment actually this is something that I'm lacking and this is completely not how I'm going to be as a mom you know my daughters are going to be close to me obviously at that time I did not know I was going to end up having another one but I always knew that no my kids are going to be close to me we're going to be emotionally connected and I'm going to be like your best friend in the parent sense but I'm gonna I'm, I just felt like I need to know everything about that child like I couldn't have my child going through such a life-changing time and me not be a part of that and me not know and understand how my child is feeling and then when I had my daughter even just seeing like I don't know if anyone can relate if you had that kind of relationship with your parents but for me specifically my mom seeing how my mom was with my daughter and seeing that she would she can be loving she was like completely different and I'm just looking thinking well how are you like that with her but I've never in my life felt that from you so yeah it was just through my experience of becoming a mother that I knew that was completely not how I wanted to be as a mom to my kids. Did you ever say to your mom once you saw her relationship with your daughter, how were you able to be a great grandma? But for me as a mom, the connection wasn't there. Sadly, no, because what I learned from my childhood, the way my mom parented me, was that we don't talk about our feelings. So, and I especially wouldn't question. An elder, because that's something else. When you were a child back then, it was like, you know, you can't ask me no questions. I tell you what to do and you do it. So there wasn't, I've never, still now, my 32 years of age, don't feel like I have that relationship or bond with her to have those kind of conversations with her. And it is sad. And, that, and yeah, like, it's mad that I can talk about it to you. But I could never pick up the phone and say to mom, like, yo, mom, why do we not have an emotional connection? Um, I also feel guilty that so much time has passed that I felt this way towards her, that I feel like at a stage in my life, I built up a resentment towards her for all these things. So it's just like that programming is hard to let go of. So it would be extremely difficult for me to even have that conversation with her. That's a tough one. It's tough because I think for most people, myself included, it takes something kind of out of your control to make you have certain conversations with your parents, especially with parents that came from a time where anxiety, what's that? You don't have anxiety, like Mm. anxiety, fix your face and keep it pushing. It's hard. And I think unless I went through my mental health being at a point where I was not in control of what was coming out of my mouth, a lot of the things I also wouldn't have been able to mention or bring up to like my mom about my childhood or even my dad about the things that they did in my childhood. But it's crazy that you said that you never knew what your mom's pregnancy was like or anything, because Mm -hmm. this week was the first time I randomly said to my mom, like, what was your pregnancy like? Someone told me to ask her. First of all, she was like, I'm so sorry and I was like what she was like I was so sad when I was pregnant with you like it was awful her mom told her like my nana told us during the time 
you have to, you can't be like that because it's going to affect the baby but she was just going through so much at the time she was just sad and just even knowing that I was like oh okay that's unlocked something that I never thought it would do so the fact that mm. you've had your children and haven't been able to understand what your mom's pregnancy was like it's sad because you're not able to have known those things to be able to have bonded through that experience before you had your children but then also knowing that you don't know those things is like you know the importance of being able to pass that on to your girls now yeah but you know what because I the pregnancy with my first daughter was that's how I'd unfortunately have to tell her I would have to tell her I was depressed I was sad I was stressed I was anxious like that pregnancy was not enjoyable for me and I used to feel guilty the whole time because I used to think my baby can feel my emotions but I didn't really have much of a support system around me at that time so I did the best I could with what I had which is what I say and the thing is I have compassion for my mom because I reflect back and I think okay there's obviously a reason why we don't have an emotional connection. She didn't just wake up one day and decide, I want a parent um, to marry this way. You know, it could be she went through trauma during her parent uh, during her pregnancy. It could be a reflection of unhealed trauma that she didn't deal with. It could be a reflection of how her mother parented her. And so that's how she learned. And so then she just carried that cycle on. It's only now having that sad and stressful time when I was pregnant and feeling guilty about it for years afterwards because even like her early life we have lots of happy memories to look back on but it was just a pure time of chronic stress depression and it was one of the hardest times of my life I'd say the first six years of her life (laughs) and she's only nine so you know one day when she gets older and she wants to ask me questions I'm going to tell her these things I'm going to be honest with her because it's important to know where you come from um and do you think that now you being as an adult knowing now how your mum was during her pregnancy do you feel like that affected you as a person or do you feel like you felt any of the effects of that in you as a person okay the part of me that's like friend wants to be like no no it's telling the the real (laughs) Yes, I do think it did. I've done some work and understanding just genetically how things can pass on. If a mom is traumatized when she's pregnant, stress or anything, that can pass on to the baby. And if a dad has experienced trauma in his life before he got the mother pregnant, that can alter his sperm. So that can also affect the baby. And I think having a dad who experienced trauma and then got into the relationship with my mom and was just not nice to her. I was already destined to have like be this altered sperm that came through that was a bit wired different (laughs) anyway. So I think even if my mom was in her most happiest, healthiest state, I still probably would have felt the effects. I think when I was born though, I was born into their dynamic that wasn't healthy, that got worse with me being born so I think more of my effects are the after effects it's like the distance that I felt as a child it's like the power dynamic where I felt like I belonged more to my dad than my mom because it was that we were both victims 
I was just having this conversation with my mum the other day. Do you know, like when people have been to war together and they get PTSD and then afterwards they're like mm-hmm. bonded through trauma, but they don't really talk about what they're going through. That was mm-hmm. like my relationship with my mum. I wish she spoke to me more honestly about what was going on and I think a lot of moms don't do it because they don't want to like bad mouth the other parent or they don't want to say something else but I think for me as a child going through what I was going through with just seeing the dynamic play out being used as like a pawn in this game and witnessing so much violence I thought I was crazy because I'm sitting experiencing these things and my mom is just like nothing's going on like She'll just take the fight and then afterwards we'll just be back to normal, put on some makeup and we'll go out. And I was like, am I weak for feeling like there's yeah, something wrong yeah. here? I think Whereas it was you're then, having a normal reaction to yeah, your circumstances. There was nothing being said. And now as an adult, understanding that one, she was also in shock for a lot of the time, a lot of years. So it took mm-hmm. a while for her to be able to speak about it. But when she spoke about it, it was like, yeah I didn't like this either I was like oh we've got so much closer once we started to communicate the the feelings so Mm. the silence more than anything is what affected me the stress if your parent can be stressed it's normal to see them have the emotion not seeing Mm. the emotion is what affected me more I think yes yeah this is the thing so I I read something the other day that was like they had realized that their parents were actually just humans experiencing life for the first time so that as well allows you to have so much more compassion for them because ultimately you only get one shot you only get one go so for the circumstances that either parent was dealt with how they dealt with it is is with the tools that they had at that time so like my mom has never cried in front of me like I never saw that emotion and I always thought that it was wrong to cry in front of your child because I never grew up with that kind of emotion. I saw anger in people, but I never saw that emotion. So I was never taught how to regulate my emotions or, or you know, hold space for my emotions. And then since having Neona, I am an emotional person. I unlocked that in myself. You know, I obviously suppressed a lot of things because I repressed a lot of my memories because of what happened to me. But I am by nature a emotional person. So when things have got to me, when I have been upset about things, I have cried in front of Leona. And sorry, I can hear my daughter talking. <laughs> She's uh, screaming at her dad. Um, I've cried in front of her. And it was such a, a mind trip at the time to think, oh, have I just done something bad? And my, like, is that traumatizing my child? Like, should she not see me upset? Because of course, her seeing me upset made her upset but it made us closer and ultimately I always say to her like it's important to feel your emotions so I make sure the number one thing I do is hold space for her emotions because I can already see the tendency she has to be a people pleaser so sometimes I'll say just cry if you need to cry just let yourself cry and she'll cry and I'll say why are you upset and she'll say I don't know I just feel sad I'm like okay that's okay so just cry because it's so unhealthy to button up all of that emotion and because my mother didn't ever show emotion I went through life thinking show my emotions is something that is wrong when it's 
unresolved emotion and trauma in your body creates disease and I had to learn that the hard way but this was why you know what you said about how it affected you this is why ultimately the dynamic between me and her father was unhealthy and I parted ways with him because I thought I don't want her to grow up in that environment but ultimately you don't have control over other people and my daughter is again a human having her own experience in life and I can't protect her from everything all I can do is equip her with the tools to understand herself know herself so that one day she will understand everything that happened I don't like your mom say certain things because I never want to influence how she feels about important people in her life but this is why I say that this work to reparent yourself is so important because people are walking around doing things not thinking about the trauma that they inflict on their children because if you don't deal with the emotions you've got with your parents and how you were raised or the things that happened to you all you'll do is inflict it on your child in different ways I feel like as parents that is our most important job providing the example to your children yeah yeah that's it that's it like I learned so much from parents watching parents like yourself raising children making changes and going against the grain of what everyone thinks you're supposed to do because I find more comfort when I see a parent's able to show their emotion around their child because that's you do have emotions and children mm-hmm. learn through seeing other people being able to express themselves maybe the first time they see you cry they start crying because they're like oh we're doing crying now yeah, yeah. but eventually they'll understand okay when mom's sad she cries so when I'm sad I'm allowed to cry but when you don't see it like you I've seen my mom cry I want to I've seen my mum cry about three times in my life one was over sadness two times was anger to the point of like sadness and all of those times she was hiding in her room crying like it wasn't Mm. I wasn't supposed to see it other than that I'd never seen her crying at that point I was an adult already when I saw those things Mm. up until then I used to suffer in silence and that's it I'm not trying to be weak I don't want to look like I need to cry it's so it's such a normal bodily response to something I cry when I'm happy I cry when I see I cry out of empathy when I see certain things I cry out of anger because I'm so frustrated I cry out of sadness I cry when I hurt myself I cry when I come on a period it's normal like your body is washing out that emotion that experience and I don't know why it's become such a thing that crying is something bad I do remember people were making remarks about me crying in front of my child but she needs to understand that emotions are important there's nothing wrong with that there's absolutely nothing wrong with her seeing that I'm a human being that gets upset that gets frustrated that gets angry I help her label her emotions so now she understands when she's feeling irritated I'm like you're getting irritated aren't you you spent too much time with your friend haven't you she's like yeah and I'm like okay she's going home soon you know hold it down a bit longer and then you can have some alone time but when you're not helping your children label those emotions they're just walking around and emotions are massive even for me as an adult imagine being a child who doesn't even understand what they're feeling but you're making them feel guilty about it I've noticed that me as an adult like a friendship breakdown can push me to tears never would I have done that as a child and I'm thinking if I as an adult these things are getting me to the core 
gosh, how numb must I have made myself as a child to not have been able to express those emotions there? Because as a child, you're so much closer to your emotions naturally you should be. Mm. If you can't feel your emotions at that point, how much are you suppressed? And then as an adult, it's always going to catch up. It's always going to find you. It's always going to pour out and spill out into experiences. And there's like phases of people in the world at the moment. There are people who are like doing the work and figuring it out and have been trying to figure themselves out for whatever reasons. Then there's some who just like, hey, this is going to make me some money and, you know, post a meme and say that I'm figuring it out. But they're not even started facing the work yet. It's amongst those group of people and those who aren't doing the work at all who are like no you can't cry in front of your kid no you can't and it's still at that point where there's still a bit of like attachment to the old dynamics that's spilling out over it once you make it through that side of no you can't cry you can only cry for five minutes in front of your kid to the show your kids all of your emotions you're a human being you're supposed to provide them with the tools they don't belong to you they come through you for their own experience mm. show mm. them who you really are they can figure themselves out just as a relationship. Like if you're getting in a relationship with someone and they pretend to be someone else and then eventually they show their true colours, it's like, oh, you've tricked me. It's the same with your parents. If they pretend to be this way and you're growing up in life thinking, well, this is how my parent is, so this is how a woman should be. And then you realise, oh, they actually do have emotions and oh, they do cry and they do get sad. You're like, oh my God, you tricked me. Now I have to figure it out again. But the parent you trust more than a partner or a friend or anyone else that you're supposed to anyway so it makes you really feel like you don't know yourself when you're not able to connect with them it creates unhealthy coping mechanisms because ultimately you're still going to feel that emotion whether you're addressing it or channeling it you're going to have that emotion so like like when you were saying how you know when you were younger you didn't cry like I don't remember I, I don't feel like I cried for a very long time and like I was being bullied quite bad in my area like when I look back at the things that the kids did to me I can't believe that as a as a child I didn't have a big emotional display about that like it's traumatic when I think about if someone tried to do that to me now but because it was very much like tough love I couldn't be crying about it all the time because it was like well it's going to happen so you've got to deal with it so I ended up self-harming when I was 14 15 that was how I found an outlet to let out my emotions. You're always going to feel the emotions, but if you don't process them, you're just going to release them in unhealthy ways. Like in my twenties, I used to drink so much. When I look back, I couldn't even dream of drinking the amount <laughs> I used to drink. And I get it. You know, when we're in our twenties, early twenties, like we do go out, we have a good time. It's norm, a normal part of culture to drink, but, I was drinking heavily because I was trying to suppress how I felt because I wasn't talking to anybody about how I felt because I hadn't dealt with all of the things I was dealing with and had been through. If anything, even if you just looked at it as, and even running off into toxic relationships because you're looking for something to fill that void, that is why it's so important that you don't raise children to continue that cycle. I don't want my daughters to be suppressing their emotions growing up and finding unhealthy outlets and in 20 years time they need to go to therapy because I raised them this way because your children the things that you teach them the experience you give them in life that is who they become as a person so when I see people replay the same cycles like they come from a single parent household 
So they force their children into a single parent household. Don't shoot me down, but there are a lot of mothers just repeating the same cycles from their mothers because they're not happy with that man anymore or because that man doesn't want to be with them anymore. I'm not talking about people who are running away from domestic abuse and serious things like that. And I'm not talking about men who generally don't want to be a part of their children's lives, but I'm hearing stories of capable men, capable fathers being kept from their children because of how bitter that woman feels. And they can't see that they're just repeating that cycle for their children. Their children are going to grow up. Oh, my dad didn't care. My dad wasn't there. And then they will release that in other unhealthy ways and potentially then go on to do the same thing. So that's why I'm saying it doesn't matter at what point in your journey you realize, okay, I need to heal this inner child. I need to deal with how I felt as a child. I need to honor how I felt that were the needs that weren't met as a child. It just matters that you do it because at any point you start that journey, you're healing your future kids journeys like all the kids you already have they need to see that from you I just think it's just so important and I just think it's really sad how much people will be in denial of this yeah that is the saddest part for me because the longer you're in denial the less time you have to make a change and the craziest thing is six months of your life dedicated to making a change can change so much Mm -hmm. but it just takes starting and I think for anything in life starting is always the hardest of anything starting the gym starting anything starting Mm. just a diet starting anything is always the hardest but once you get into it it starts to become a habit and it gets easier doesn't mean it's going to be the easiest thing in the world doesn't mean you're not going to go back from the old space that you've been in but it gives you that experience that you're able to say I'm able to do this like I've shown myself I can do this so if I do feel pulled back into that space or if I do feel triggered again oh this is something that held me down for a couple of months let me go back and try it again and so many people ignore that like what you've mentioned when you were talking about the um the bitterness that comes through I also I know people won't like that but I also I see so many people these things always get publicized right with social media now everyone they say Mm -hmm. something it goes viral and they spill more of things that shouldn't be proud of continuously going back and having children with someone who doesn't take care of your first kid is something that gets me when mothers go and they've had a child and the parents because they want because they want their kids to have the same dad yeah that's the craziest thing to me because it's Mm. like you're giving the children the same incapable dad Mm -hmm. you know he's not capable what are you doing to what message are you giving to your child that you already have or children you already have then you're going to bring more children and still when you speak on it, the blame, there's no accountability for yourself. It's just that they're such an awful parent. But yeah. if you knew they were an awful parent already, making them a parent to another child, it's like, I think we still haven't got to that point yet in society where there's enough people saying, hey, but you are actually complicit in this story. Like you mm-hmm. didn't need, yes, mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm, were mm-hmm. the victim at first to a point, right? But then now the next child is born, what are you going to tell your child? And I think these conversations, a lot of people don't get to the point of how it affects their children. They speak on the drama, they don't care about the kids. It's accountability, like a lot of people lack accountability. I feel like our parents back then, it was all about respect. Now I feel like it's about how things look. 
So you care more about, oh, I don't want to have two baby dads. I hate that term, but you know, so I'm going to have children with the same incapable person. Whereas if you just took the time out and just focus on yourself and just healed yourself from all of that stuff and then actually gave you chance to yourself a chance to meet someone who's right for you, who could be right for your children, that means way more than someone being able to say, oh, she's got kids. I've got kids. I've got two daughters from two different dads. I'm not ashamed of that. The relationship didn't work out with my first daughter's dad. He is a parent to our child. I then met somebody else and now we have a child. Like there's nothing wrong with that. You're worried about opinions on the internet more than the quality of life for your children. And And that's that's what gets to me. It's scary to see it play out in this space as well. There's so much... There's so many three free reasons. And by the way, I actually said that when I was younger. I actually said when I was younger, at the time, I don't even think we'd had a child yet, but I remember being younger and being with my friends and saying like, yeah, you know, if it didn't work out and we'd had our first child, I would have another one so that my kids have the same dad. Because when you're younger, you just have these, I don't want to say pathetic because it sounds really hard, but you do just, you get caught up in image, like that. that's image. And I think a lot of people will be in denial, but basically you just don't want to take accountability. It's okay not to be perfect. It's okay not to be the perfect person, the perfect parent. I haven't been a perfect parent, like I said to you, unfortunately. My pregnancy would have been stressful on my baby the first however many years of my life. We did a little bit live like gypsies. We lived in seven different places and that wasn't really through my own fault it's not like I was just like yeah we're gonna pick up and move every five minutes but have to take accountability for the fact that would have been unsettling for my child I was depressed okay it's not my fault that I'm going through depression but it's definitely on me to make sure I get help for this depression and I become a better person so that that doesn't impact her quality of life it's just taking accountability which I find is something so rare these days because everyone just wants to point fingers at somebody else it's somebody else's fault but it's okay not to be a perfect person like none of us are I don't believe anyone who says they're a fully healed person because to me the healing journey is it's ongoing forever you you're not God you're not Jesus you will not have you know undone there's no way I could have undone all of the things that have happened to me overnight it's a journey and every time you get remember we were saying before every time you get that little bit further on your healing journey something else crops up and you're like wow I I need to heal that as well you should be able to take pride in that because again that's something you're teaching your kids it's okay to make mistakes you've got to learn from the mistakes and then you build a new life from that but everyone's just concerned about how they look and how it looks on the outside that narrative I've seen that play out even just as a child and watching my dynamic in terms of like family members like there was this image and I feel like my mom she wasn't the sister that got married there was a difference between her and some siblings and it's like everyone's married with houses and all these kind of things Mm. and even though we as children were excelling and smart and different kind of things because we weren't in special tutor groups or because we weren't doing certain things to a certain image it was like how can they possibly know how to do that? And they don't have these resources. So it's still, mm. it doesn't fit this image. And growing up, I realized how much image held weight, but I never could have prepared myself for 
the social media side of things it was like there was still a balance it was like okay my family may care about image but then I also have friends and their family don't care about image now I'm thinking of the children growing up in this dynamic is very rare to find people who don't care about image anymore so Mm. where are they going to find their space if they're trying to figure things out and I think one thing that I notice a lot that gripes me and it's griped me for a while is people who never got what they needed in childhood have this disdain towards kids the fact that I see so many people say they hate kids is crazy to me like not wanting kids is one thing you don't have Mm. to hating kids Mm. is a whole other story but the amount of people that I see who are like oh well I went through it and I'm fine so you know about children is wild you're not fine exactly the they don't not realize fine. they're not fine and they push out this narrative as if they are fine dismissing the child's feelings continuing these cycles and because their parent didn't take accountability it's like you first when my parents take accountability then I'll take accountability but we can't live like that we have to just take our own accountability for ourselves and make a change if we waited on that no one's ever going to take accountability because most parents mm. aren't going to like from the generations that came before us take accountability for certain things that they've done or we're not going to feel comfortable to have the conversations with them to do that so we're going to just keep on passing on this cycle but eventually you get to a point where you're like okay I need to make some steps now and make a difference and if it's only me and my children and who are doing this and one day we meet another family who are doing this maybe we'll be friends when did you realize not realize but when did you start making changes to reparent yourself and what kind of things did you start doing that were helping you reparent yourself for me it's it was just going on a personal healing journey so when I did have my mental health crisis I went to therapy I've been to therapy three times and at one point when I needed it I took antidepressants because that's what I needed at that time and then it was just it's really hard it's not nice but sometimes you well not sometimes it's essential that you just stop and look up look at yourself what you've been doing what you are doing what unhealthy behaviors things that trigger you it's signaling to you you're reacting from the past so there's something unresolved there therapy is just for me I wish it was something mandatory you know like in America like in schools they they have counsellors I don't know why we don't but I just feel like counselling therapy it should be mandatory it should be like going to the dentist you should be going for a a six-month checkup because so much goes on in your mind your and your mind is the connection to your body so you know if you're not okay in your mind you're not okay in your body because your mind controls your body so uh, for me the steps was like therapy was the life-changing one for me and then you find like your own little things so like for me it was blogging but not to be a blogger because my passion is writing like I can write down how I feel quicker than I could tell you how I feel like I'm surprised I've got this far during this episode to be honest Mm -hmm. I'm not used to talking this much but um really getting to know yourself and just being honest with yourself I had to be honest with myself that actually you're not actually dealing with this you're self-medicating um you're relying on this substance to get you through how you're feeling 
or no, you're jumping from relationships because you still haven't learned the discernment of what's healthy for you and what's not. You're still participating in toxic friendships. You know, you're putting yourself in environments that you know are a betrayal to yourself. For me, my major turning point was 2020 when we had lockdown. I didn't have social media. To be fair, before lockdown had hit, I'd literally reached breaking point. And I deleted social media just before lockdown had even started. So I was on my own. So when it was, obviously it was just me and Leona for many years. So at that time, when she was at her dad's, I was literally on my own. And spending all that time with myself, I started a business. I got into my fitness. I used to go on runs and walks and being in nature really helped. And just spending that time in solitude really helped me work through how I was thinking, how I was feeling and what I'd been through because there was no distractions. We used to distract ourselves. We're scrolling, we're going out drinking, we're, we're smoking weed to get high and forget. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it was really just genuinely committing to going on that in the journey into myself and it's hard like it is hard it is hard to sometimes look at things and be like well you know I played this part in that or I made myself unhappy by doing that but it's so important because I'd never change any of the lessons I've learned and the lessons I've learned are going to be so important for my daughters because they're never going to deal with well they're humans on their own experience so they're going to have their own experiences in life I'm not naive to think they're not going to experience anything bad even with all this work I've done, they may still experience trauma, but I'd like to think that the tools I'm equipping them with and that I'm equipping myself with, that we're going to work through that trauma. You're not going to reach 25 like me and still have unresolved trauma and only go to therapy and only tell someone for the first time about things that happened to you. You're not going to do that because you're going to be in a place where you can come and tell me. So yeah, it was just getting a connection back to myself and it's a constant ongoing. So like, even with the birth of my second daughter now, it's a completely different set of circumstances. It's a completely different mindset and it's a completely different life experience I'm having. But there's still work that I have to do. Like, since having her, now my journey has been connecting with my cycle and really learning about my cycle. And it's so sad that I'm 32 years of age. That's something I'm only just learning now. But again, that's something that my mother didn't teach me. Certainly not something that's taught in schools media teaches you that periods are something to be embarrassed or ashamed about when really they're not they're literally the essence of your womanhood they are a part of you they are important so healing my relationship with my cycle and really leaning into that honoring it and learning it because my daughter's reaching an age where she's starting to hit puberty and she was she's going to come in her period in the coming years I need to be able to give her the tools she needs to not spend 20, 25 years feeling ashamed and hating her period and hating her body and using ridiculous things like contraception to control them when really it's something that, that is your indicator to your health. <laughs> That's another thing, even like the color of your blood, how long you bleed, how regular, all of those things that they're, they're telling you how healthy your body is. And so if you have no awareness of that and you don't know that, then you don't have a clue about what's going on inside of you. I had cysts on my ovaries. I, I had cancerous cells because I used to put off going for a smear test. I was a year late for that smear test. Imagine if I was any later, what could have happened? So yeah, it's all about regaining that connection with yourself and 
doing the hard work. It's not a TikTok video or an Instagram quote. It's hard work. The deeper you get into the journey, you almost become detached from the world in a sense because you get so in touch with yourself and what's going on within your body. That's a whole world in itself. The way you're speaking of the cycles, they tell you what's going on in your body. We have our own medicine. There's things our body can tell us that are quote and a meme. And even a psychologist can not tell us. Therapists, we really, when we go in and we sit in and I have people come and talk to me and it's still like, they're doing their own work it's just having space held for you to be able to hear yourself because sometimes the first time we speak is in a therapist's room where we Mm -hmm. say something out loud that we know we've experienced but we've never vocalized it to someone before and because it's not able to come out of our body it manifests in different places like a lot of our womb issues I have endometriosis it's stage four and it was tearing me up inside for ages but Along the journey of understanding the endometriosis, sometimes your body will tell you things that the doctors will say isn't true. So I would ask questions in terms of, can these things be linked to, you know, childhood traumas and things like that? They're like, no, no, read this NHS sheet, go home, take this. No, they want to prescribe you something because they want you to pay the bills. And they suppress you with all of these things. They don't get to the root of it. And child abuse like for women who experience child abuse especially child sexual abuse or traumas around things like that endometriosis and a lot of different reproductive issues and womb health illnesses there's links to it there's so many studies that prove that there are links to it that it's a higher chance to get it if you have those things we hold all of this stuff inside and so not being able to look at ourselves and be aware of these things we do self-harm even when it's not the physical sense of doing it we are still doing it by suffering in silence our body is attacking itself because we're not doing the natural thing of crying of expressing of being in a safe environment and although like you said it's not our fault but it comes to a point where it becomes our responsibility to do something or else it's going to hold us prisoner you have to be honest how can we and I talk about forgiveness a lot because forgiveness is something that I've realized it's like a little superpower you can relinquish the control that situations can have on you because we already know like if we've gone through something we know we've been through it the one time but every time we retell that story as if it's part of our life forever then it comes with us it doesn't get to stay there something that could have happened to us one time if we're still talking about it 20 years down the line like it just happened yesterday it's not leaving us so then when we're not honest with ourselves and take accountability we can't forgive ourselves for the decisions we made when we didn't know what we know now now we might know things that we didn't know five years ago or 10 years ago but if we even just a year ago or yesterday if we deny it like it didn't happen and don't take accountability then we can't forgive ourselves for that decision that we made when we didn't know any better now we know better okay next time don't make the decision it doesn't mean hold ourselves prisoner to what happened yesterday yesterday's gone if we need to apologize for something apologize and move forward nothing heals by just sitting there thinking oh maybe I was a B word maybe you know I lashed out when I didn't know how to express myself maybe I did these things okay but now we know better we can do better parents our parents parents that came before them made decisions that they may have thought were for the best but didn't work out well and instead of turning around and saying okay I messed up on that decision they will be wrong and strong and it keeps passing on and that's something that needs to be mm. now. And people don't realize as well the power of holding on to 
bad negative feelings that manifests in your body like that's why I don't understand when people have dedication to disliking people or holding a grudge that is so damaging to yourself to the point where you're putting your disdain for someone above your own health that is affecting you in ways you can't see today but you're going to see in five five years time probably even sooner depending on the on the thing but as well I would just say when going back to the cycle it's not just knowing the cycle and stuff like that but how long have you been walking around not aware like with no awareness a lot of people are walking around without awareness whether that be by choice whether they don't know where to start or they're scared but not having awareness on how this stuff is going to impact your life experience and then in turn your children's life experience like it's not good enough to say that we don't know anymore I feel like there's enough information out there for us to know and I still said the other day it was quite eye-opening like when you're pregnant so when I was pregnant with Sky and Lay they already held all the eggs inside them that they will be born with so it was like when you're inside your mother when you're inside your mother your um future kids are inside of you too yeah so you carried your grandchildren yes basically yeah so you're all connected so how can you not think that it's important that you heal yourself and that that's what it means about generational cycles you have to think (laughs) i was gonna say something we've brought up tiktok to my head you gotta think big you gotta think bigger because it's bigger than you and as well especially with this whole internet age stop traumatizing your children stop traumatizing your children for clout on the internet and stop traumatizing your children because you refuse to take accountability for who you are as a person because let it be known your kids will grow up one day regardless of all the masking all the lies you've been doing when they were younger they're going to get older and they're going to look at you as another adult and know that you didn't do the best that you could have done they're going to see you for who you are not just as the title that is the mom or dad they're going to one day see you just as the adult you are is the adult you're being today who you want your kids to look at is it going to be someone they're going to be proud of that's something I think about all the time and especially getting older and not having children it gives me more time to kind of look because I would be beating myself up and not having kids and like so many times I was like do I just go back to this old situation that I know is not healthy so mm-hmm. you just have children I'd be like no I'm not supposed to okay am I okay with never having children and I'm like no I'm not okay with that either but what did I want for myself and I found a journal from I can't remember I was probably like 11 or 12 and I was talking about how I want to be a mom one day and I was speaking of the type of mom that I wanted to be and I was just laughed to myself because I'm like there's no way I would have been able to be anything of that mom if I had had children sooner because I don't feel like I would have had the courage within me to have learned the lessons that I've had to learn now if I had children with me even with siblings and being the oldest still had less time it took me literally God saying okay 
you need to learn this lesson. You want to be this type of person? Here's mm-hmm. psychosis. You are in solitude. You can't do nothing for no one. You can't be people pleaser. You can't be anything because you can't even take care of yourself. And that was where I was able to actually like, oh, okay, let me become who I'm supposed to be. And it gave me the courage on my own accord without that mental health break. I don't believe it would have happened. I believe I would have still been there, a doormat. I'd probably be in an abusive relationship right now, have kids and ruin my kids' lives. And it would have been that same dynamic that kept my mom in her relationship with my dad, knowing that she should have left before she even had me. I would have just Mm. repeated that cycle. But like you said about the, like you carried your grandchildren. I remember the first time I saw that and I was like, Nan, did you know I was in your room? I was so excited. But even when I'm figuring certain things out for myself and luckily, um, like my mum's mum's still here, all of my other grandparents have passed now. But she, obviously, I would have been in her room. And so I go to her sometimes when I just randomly think, hmm. And was it like two weeks ago? I was like, Nan, do you have any pictures of you when you were a kid? And she was laughing, right? Because back then in Jamaica, who had cameras? So she was like absolutely in pieces. But we get into these little conversations where I get to know just her life before she was a mom. And then when she first became a mom and like that whole dynamic and getting to know her outside of Nan and just as a young woman figuring things out I see so much of my mum in her and then me in her where these cycles have continued and now there are decisions that I make where when I'm first making them she's like no you can't do that it's wrong you can't not speak to that family member you can't do this you can't do that it's not good you shouldn't live like that and then like six months down the line seeing me happier and healthier she's like I wish I had the courage to do that I wish I was able to have done that. And I'm like, oh my God, when you're healing, you're not just healing your kids, you're healing backwards. Mm. There are wounds that have continued from before. Like your mom, the reason why you two haven't connected could have began way before. It could have began with her mom or her nan or Mm. whoever. But by making these changes, everyone who existed before you was like, thanks. Like someone's Mm. tried something different and has just opened up this door for freedom because otherwise it just stays trapped it's all connected and I think Mm -hmm. nowadays people forget how connected it is especially because sometimes when someone mentions that things are connected and they're saying it and you know they attach anything spiritual to it people like oh no here we go that (laughs) spiritual stuff it's the crystal babes like oh god but there is also it's like yeah okay the crystal babes and stuff we love a crystal but also if you love science, if what religion, whatever it is, if we brought it all together and we brought a religious teacher, a scientist, everyone together from all these different faiths, backgrounds, there would be the share things, cycles continue unless someone stops them. We need to we need to make changes, but you're making so many changes. What's like the major difference you see between how you parent Sky compared to Lay? Um I think the the biggest change would be I'm not coming from a place of survival mode anymore. When it was just me and Lay, everything was survival mode. I was up against a lot of things. I don't believe that because I was a singular parent. I know people get in their chest and in their feelings. You say you're a single parent. Yes, the dad is involved in my child's life, always has been. But that Monday to Friday, that school run, that 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 constant is me. 
all the doctor's appointments or the missing work because they're sick all that shit that's me but as that aside that the, those principles aside parenting a child by yourself is not supposed to happen the job is too big I can't work full-time run financially run a household and be emotionally healthy mentally healthy socially healthy and everything to my child that is way too many jobs for one person to do that is not the way things were supposed to be and I carried a lot of guilt for that when I was going through that time I did always think because especially because I didn't come from a single parent household that this is not what I want for my child but I was also not going to just settle with anyone or anything just to have what looks like it should be on paper I just now that I'm out of survival mode it's a different life experience and you see a lot about the soft life at the moment I know it's an aesthetic for people to post about on Instagram but to me the soft life is I'm not living in chronic stress I'm not on high alert I'm not having panic attacks going to the supermarket I'm not, you know, getting up at 6am, dropping my child off to breakfast club at 7am, going to work 9 to 5, not getting to my kid to quarter to 6 in the evening, giving her dinner, bath and putting her to bed, being too exhausted to do anything for myself and doing that again Monday to Friday. Whilst financially draining myself, to have that support of a stable, supportive partner, to have an environment of love and peace, it's priceless and you don't always have to have that with somebody else but I know that the way I was living life and being in that survival mode meant it was very difficult for me to get all of that work done it's only when the world slowed down and so I empathize with a lot of people who may be in the situation I was in and feel like it's impossible it's not impossible but something has to give and something has to change and for me like I don't have family around me either so I didn't have that support so for now the difference I'm still the same mom but I'm mothering from a different place and they both reap the benefits of that it's just a completely different change in life experience and I really do empathize for mothers who are in that position because it was like it was like hell at some times you know even if you didn't have unresolved childhood trauma like I did or any of the things deep things that I was dealing with even just to have to do all of that by yourself is too much for one person to do I love that you mentioned that because I used to say to my younger sister we have to prepare ourselves to be single moms so that means do everything take care of everything never ask anyone for anything like it was this whole rigid we've seen what's happened with mom and we don't want anyone to ever be in a position to be able to walk into our place that we pay for and act like they can just come in and abuse us so we prepare to be single moms and at the sign of anything we run and then now I've done a lot of work to unpack that because it was so rigid and tight of just preparing to be in this world alone forever. And the truth is, it isn't just a one person job parenting. And some people, unfortunately, are in those situations. But still, 
community isn't like it used to be I had this conversation just with my mum the other day once upon a time especially with grandparents coming to this country from a different country one would move here someone they knew from Jamaica lived here and then everyone's living in their house they're doing partners they're sharing things they're helping each other buy their homes like there was community people could look after people's kids nowadays it's like a mom has a child and she could have friends who are her partner could have friends and they could all have like friends together you know group dates whatever they have a child they break up and now the women who were her friends because they're friends with the guys who are with the ex they pick a side they're not around anymore she's left on her own to raise this kid she doesn't have family her friends are all going out in a different space of life she can only speak about it on social media to some people but because everyone says oh social media friends are not your friends they don't meet up it's like this cycle of just being alone with their children at home then it's like don't date yet because you know you can't date you've got a child and basics stuffness is basics operate from your heart space what do you genuinely feel like you need you feel like you need community that's normal you shouldn't feel weak for feeling like you need people to be around people should be around we should be helping each other we should be saying to our friends hey like if you need someone to come and sit with you and talk with you and give you some adult time there should be that and you should be able to get into a new relationship and just because one didn't work out with the child's father start a new life I saw something the other day and they were saying that real men are stepdads and it was like a real man is not going to come in see that you've got children and be like oh god no like this is too much for me if he really is a man who's willing to come in and he wants to start a life with you and things like that if you have a child already that comes with it if he wants he can see how you mother through that and all these type of things but there's this narrative of like if you have a child already oh my god someone's not going to want to accept you the people that aren't for us are not going to want us the people Mm. that aren't for us aren't going to be our friends anymore the people that aren't for us are going to tell us oh you've got two children by two different men or three children by three different men but I think it's more important and that you try to get it right for yourself and try and find this community if it means you have failed friendships along the way failed relationships along the way as long as you're trying to evolve and find a better thing I think that's better than just staying in the same space of I'm done for most people are having kids in their early 20s how can you be done for in your early 20s Mm. and then you live to be 80 so you spent most of your life done for like it just it's bizarre because I've seen so many people do it already so many of like our parents generations who aren't in relationship and married after they've had the abusive relationship and went back a number of times to have kids with the same person who's absent they're just there on their own because of this image and I'm like it's not fair you need support you need help it doesn't make you weak and even if some people outside look at it as weak what are women supposed to be are we supposed to be the rock solid we're supposed to be tender that's where our our magic comes from our nurture comes from that space of being able to step into our softness and have our emotions and cry and feel things and dream and stuff or the it's hard to be soft and nurturing for your children if you're bound by hyper independence locking everybody off and you don't want no one around you like we all need a community around us like it can be just your friends you know just because you're not with the child's father or you don't have uh, family around you like that it it could be your friends I had two friends who used to sometimes have to pick up my child from nursery for me because of what time I finished work 
one of them I'm not friends with anymore but at that time at that point in my life she was a part of my community and if I didn't have her I would have struggled so I just think hyper independence is destroying people's life experience like you do need to have relationships you do need to have trust you do need to have people around you it's okay to ask for help you need to lean on people because that job is too much for one person you know there's a study that was done I remember finding it probably last year there was a study that was done that said raising one child for a mom is equivalent to two and a half jobs and the way that they broke it it, yeah the way that they broke it down the amount of like I shared it on social media was like moms talk to me and the amount of people that was like oh my god that's literally my daily routine and then I have a full-time job or then I have my own business or then I have this on top of that and I'm like so you're doing two and a half jobs raising one child if you've got more than one child it's more jobs Eat, and that's then you have a relationship then you have a job then you have your own mental health then you have your social life um (laughs) sorry what it's a lot of stuff so it's sad that women will feel weak in those situations even if you've got a husband that's that study wasn't for a single mom that was for even if you're in a relationship so to then feel weak to ask for help in that situation is just it's crazy how it's been conditioned for women to feel weak in that when they're actually and it's conditioned for women to just do it all by themselves like it's even my partner he's had to say to me if you want me to do something ask me to do it but we have this thing in our heads where I shouldn't have to ask you to do it you should just you know want to do it you should just do it but men and women are wired differently and so I've had to actually learn again because of spending so many years on my own and being the person who did everything by myself I have to ask him I have to say I need you to do this for me or I need you to help me with this because it's not psychic men can be quite thick (sighs) and also can ignore your passive aggressiveness because they think just ask me because for some reason in our heads it makes us weak or there's something wrong with needing help and support we can't do it all ourselves it's as simple as that no we can't we can't do it all ourselves asking for help is super important and that's something that when you come from not doing that in life is something that's constantly going to be a challenge so you have to be intentional about when those moments come up follow your gut like I know even like when we spoke earlier in the week we were speaking and I was expressing things on my emotions my first thought was to say something and then my second thought was to delete it and I had to send you the voice note before I deleted it because that thing that comes in again no hold it in but you're not supposed to ask for help or speak and let something off your chest and in dynamics and relationships we have this idea that yeah the men are supposed to know everything and at the end of the day yes they should learn us so as time goes by know when okay that gets too much for me so know when oh, I'll just do that or do you need help with that know when to ask me but at first you don't know okay I'm gonna I'm going to have to ask, I'm going to have to let you know, this is a lot for me. And when you come from that space of not being able to do that, it's going to be extremely hard. But that's why it's important to find someone you feel safe with. So many women are so used to that narrative of like, you got to be with someone who's a bit tough, who's a bit, mm. you know, that unfriendly, the unfriendly he's got, he's got guy. He's got to be this tall, he's got to earn this much money, he's got to look like this, he's got to do this. Listen, what you need is a man who is secure within himself, who who can be, who can make you feel safe, 
who can provide you the safety of you to be your feminine self. The things that you need in a partner are, are learned are nothing to do with image, nothing to do with how they look, what they earn. It's way bigger than that to, to be able to do life with someone. It's important to know the person inside and out connect with them on a spiritual level there needs to be a foundation and everyone's dynamics going to be different but you need to have something a foundation a shared thing that will bring you back when life comes in the way so like for me I know that when whoever I'm going to be with their relationship with God has to be more important than their relationship with anything else because that's mine that that's what checks me when I'm going around life when it comes to my relationships with friends family anyone a partner before the what will someone say or anything comes into my head it's like oh my god god can see this am I okay with god saying so on this day you said Uh this about someone (laughs) like okay I'm not that's what would check me and put me in my place and I'm like okay so that for me I need someone who can meet me on that level all the other stuff can get figured out afterwards because there's so much more and sometimes people together there are things that you don't even know you're capable of and then you get with someone and you become capable the amount of stories that I see of people I watch podcasts and like they were both two people maybe one was broke one was medium broke and they met each other and you know everyone was like oh god why would you be together you both are going to be nothing together but because they had that share foundation of these are my morals this is what I want out of life they come together and now everyone's like oh my god you're amazing you're successful they got the houses the cars only you will know the vision for yourself and the right person that speaks to your heart and your soul you'll be able to have anything in this world but I think a lot of people are so desperate that they're thinking okay let me just get with someone that looks like they're already done that looks like this image that my friends will think is cool that has this demeanor and I used to like these guys and they done me dirty the ones that's like oh the guy that doesn't really go out anywhere and you know he's just like minding his own business and when he's out with his friends he's a good looking one but he's quiet yeah they're sneaky they're hiding something <laughs> they're doing things <laughs> it is deeper because the standoffish ones they're suppressing so many things they're not even facing themselves they won't and when you get into the dynamics with people who can't face themselves especially if you're at a point where you can't face yourself because but that's why but that's why you attract them that's what I was going to say I was going to say really more than anything your focus should be on being the right person you need to be so that you can attract someone in alignment to you I attracted a lot of people who just reflected back to me the same issues I had within myself, you know, the same issues that I was avoiding or not dealing with. In one way or another, they would just reflect it back to me and I'll be there pointing the finger and judging them. Well, who am I to judge them when I still haven't even dealt with that wound or issue myself? Obviously, at the time, <laughs> I did not have that, that, that point of view, you know, I'm human. But when I look back and reflect on it, you, your relationships really are mirrors for you so if you are attracting that type of person there is something that you need to look at it's reflecting back to you something that you need to work on because that's why they say and it was true for me when you fully focus on yourself when you're just focusing on getting yourself together and being in the right place you need to be and and being the whole person you need to be that's when you find them because they they're in alignment with you yeah and also you have to like you mentioned earlier in the episode about discernment discernment comes into play very is so important at this point because there will be times where you'll be doing the work and 
the mirrors won't look like the, the mirrors looked like before once upon a yeah. time the mirrors look just like you there's hiding things that you're hiding it's the same then the mirrors look like tests they look like the old pattern and if you've really moved forward you're not going to choose that door but if you haven't moved forward you're going to try and save someone else and I had yeah. that savior complex of like oh, I can fix them I can fix them I can change it's them yeah. right it's a distraction from your own journey and when you're saving yourself you're gonna face times where it's gonna come up and you're gonna be like "Ah, I know this story already I've been there before god bless you but no thank you on this journey of like reparenting yourself whilst parenting what is the most important thing that you've learned about yourself learning to have compassion for myself and forgiving myself how could I forgive other people if I can't even forgive myself if I can't let go of things that I've done myself, of forgiving people mentally that don't deserve my forgiveness. But I have to forgive them because just like the parts of me that have made mistakes because of what I haven't healed or what I've been through that influenced me to behave in a certain way, I have to believe that that's the same for them. You know, uh, I get that, you know, you have certain people in this life that are dark and do things to hurt people intentionally but I think for the most part people are just like us they are the way they are for a reason so in order to have forgiveness and compassion for other people I had to have that towards myself and realize where I'm being judgmental in other people is really where I'm being judgmental to myself and realizing how I treat myself you know I treat myself so poorly. You're the last priority. Not filling my cup. Not prioritizing myself. Yeah, I expected that from other people. Well, I'm just showing them that they don't need to do that because I can't even do that for myself. And I accept that. So yeah, it relationship to yourself. I think the biggest thing was forgiveness and compassion. And it's hard as well. Like when people do foul things even though it's like foul and you're like oh you piece of shit it's like oh you could be a piece of shit because you're going through this or this happened to you or I've noticed this about your relationship with this person like you learn to just have compassion and it can be annoying at times because sometimes you just want to be annoyed at people because it's not okay about what you've done but I have to also see that well actually you know you can't be using your fingers to judge them because then that means there's something in you that you're you've still not healed from and you're still not dealing with there's so much power in being in that position first like being in that position where you're able to see that what someone has done is wrong I used to be like well they know what they're doing because they've done it and some people know what they're doing to a level but I came to realize when someone really really knows the wickedness of their ways they won't do it anymore because you physically cannot do it so some people are so deep in their darkness that they think that it's acceptable that's a problem I can have the compassion with the fact that you are so deep in your own darkness that you're not even aware that what you're doing to yourself because karma comes to all of us we can't escape mm. it so to be continuously going through that and I know when I was in the stages where I was like oh I don't care about this person that person and I had a foul tongue back my life around me was a reflection of that I was depressed all the time I was sad I was miserable 
I was literally sitting in darkness and letting it consume me and I thought it was normal and so yep. to know that I've been in those spaces I think as well because when you speak about it from a space of like reflection people can think oh you don't get it or like you're so far removed and you think you're high and mighty and it's like no I've been that like maybe not to the extent or maybe wouldn't do certain things that people have done but I've definitely done things that I can look back on and be like today's me would never because I have a different mm. awareness so to know people are still in that space it makes me like you know what I'm going to give you the compassion because you don't know any better and one but with day that comes boundaries with that comes yeah. boundaries. Like, I've got, got compassion for you but the boundary is you can't come anywhere near me and that's it though compassion and forgiveness they don't come with access and I think that's why mm. a lot of people don't do it because they're not able to implement the boundaries and boundaries aren't easy boundaries are hard but until you're able to implement some boundaries with yourself, those situations of compassion and forgiveness are going to feel like, nah, there's no point because you feel like you lose part of yourself in the process when really you're getting to protect yourself from any more of that. And it's like, I can forgive you and not tell you I've forgiven you. I can do that in my own space. It doesn't come with an interaction. It doesn't come with me like giving you a hug and saying, I know why you hurt me. It's like, <laughs> it's separate. And so I think a lot of people, along the journey when they get to that point it's like when you get to that point no matter what happens after that even you can still be angry you can still feel the emotion you can still want to tell someone some things that you would have said to them before but just being able to bring yourself back to a space of like do you know what I get it but that's not for me anymore so they can be over there doing that it's okay I'm not going to engage I'm going to keep pushing Mm -hmm it's a different kind of power you feel within yourself, a different kind of self-control that's not trying to micromanage your feelings and not feel them. It's like, I'm controlling this situation to not give it the power to follow me for the next year, the next day, the next week, and keep writing my story for me. I'm the author of this story right here, and it's my journey that I can live for myself. So it's it's beautiful. The things that you learn, I'm like, (gasps) and I was just, Mm -hmm. I was just making a TikTok earlier today and I was talking about like the power of your name and this is something that really helps me with on the journey of reparenting myself and having people speak ill of me was understanding what my name means and like my name means God is abundance and when I realized that every time someone talks rubbish about me they're like God is abundance I don't like her like I was (laughs) like oh gosh this is great it's literally like you're speaking ill of me but you're also saying that it's bigger than this and it is all bigger you basically speak in love at the same time and I was like ah okay that's fine they can say what they want because they don't you don't know what you're doing when you're saying things like that and it made me check myself because I thought of all the people that I've said bad things about before their name probably holds some weight and I'm saying these Mm. bad things the power of our tongue and how we let our thoughts run with us when it comes to this journey it's just about being honest not perfect it doesn't matter if every day you make mistakes it doesn't matter if every day a thought crosses your mind like you want to tell someone something about themselves that's not too pretty (laughs) but then you bring yourself back it's always about what you do in the end you can have all these options in the end what do you decide do you choose your wellness or do you choose to go back that's where who you are shows up in if you think something, okay. If you're in a situation and you feel heated, okay. And I think that's what stops a lot of people from being accountable because it looks a certain way to people like, oh, well, they were complicit in the situation. Okay. But at the end of the day, if two people are complicit in a situation and eventually one taps out, the other one becomes a bully. 
So mm. are you going to keep fighting back and letting everyone see like, oh yeah, it's just the two of us tit for tat and no one knows who's in the rung? Or are you going to tap out and say, okay, I've taken the gloves off, I've laid them down. I just want to heal now and I just want to be happy. So my happiness looks like you've won. And yeah. it's you can say whatever out. you want to say. My side of the story, I'm just it's it's not it's not a priority for me. How my life actually feels and what's actually happening is way more important. So yeah. Exactly. It's like a full circle moment. What advice would you give a mum? because we'll speak for the mothers, who are healing family wounds in this crazy world right now? Um, I would say something that always gets said back to me. So not being a hypocrite, but it's something I always need to remind you of is to be gentle with yourself and give yourself grace. Whether you've had a big trauma or a small trauma, whatever it is, we've all picked up shit along the way that is damaging us so it's just about committing to your own personal healing journey and then I would say as well mothers we are taught to burn ourselves out looking after everybody else first and putting everyone else first but if you're not the best you you can be you're not going to be a very good mom you're not going to be a very good partner you're not going to be very good anything so I know it sounds like a strange concept but you actually need to come first you as the mother you have to come first before your family because you can't be what your family needs if you're not you if you're not a whole you and don't be afraid to ask help and seek your community because you need people around you yeah now that's beautiful it's important it all comes back down to being delicate with yourself like this journey because reparenting yourself really is we are forever children. We may have responsibilities and bills and all that stuff, but in the eyes of this big world, we are forever those little souls that just came into this world, optimistic that life was going to be beautiful and things happen along the way. But it doesn't mean that that has to be our whole story. It can still be beautiful along the journey. But the first person that takes care of us the first person with connection to us in the deepest way although it may seem it's our parents it's actually us we are Mm. the ones who get to self-soothe and to speak up and when our body is speaking to us from the inside out we're the ones that can honor it and honor ourselves although we think it's our parents because they bring us here like you said earlier we're having a human experience our own experience for ourselves so it always will come back to us in the end I've got a question for you. It's <laughs> a surprise. Right. What is something you wish your mother told or taught you about the world that you'd want your daughters to know so that they can live more freely than you were able to? Um, I'm going to say... I'm going to say self-love and what I mean by that is all you have in this world is yourself that little monologue that's going on in your head all the time like when everybody's gone home when there's no one around it's yourself you no matter if you try and escape into other things into other people you still have to come home to yourself so what I'm already started teaching but what I will hopefully teach my daughters is that they are their 
they are their first home and they must live themselves. They must know themselves and they must be grounded and rooted in that because life is going to throw so many different challenges, experiences. And if you are not in connection with yourself, you can get lost in that. And some people aren't so lucky. Some people don't make it out the other side. Some people lose battles to things like that. So I wish she had taught me to love myself and to know myself and taught me that I am my own home. That's what I'm going to pass to my daughters. And they're going to be so lucky (sighs) to have that experience. It's beautiful. It's inspiring. Like I do literally like I look and I see you and there's a couple of other mums who I just see working on yourself and working on yourself whilst parenting and not it's not like a secret like your children get to benefit from that get to go along the journey I think it's so important like the first time we're going to be exposed to community is as children in this world and our first idea of community is our family and it starts in the home with our parents so if you can hold them safe spaces to be honest about your journey and go alongside your children with your journey in tow they're going to be able to move through this world and just how they treat other people as well it'll be reflected like the way you parent will definitely cover them in certain areas just the type of person you are on the journey as well the way you heal yourself it benefits other people like you've given me wise words at times where I've needed them that I'm able to then someone else comes to me in a similar situation I'm able to repeat those words like everything has a domino effect and you just never know whose life you're impacting also with your blogging as well like who's reading it then how it covers your children in the world like there was a time where I was at a house party and I was really sick and this girl found me in the bathroom she was like an older girl at the time just the corner of a girl was she a woman yet I don't know I feel like she was young <laughs> and um she found me in the toilet and in speaking to me she was like you look familiar and then she mentioned my mom's name I was like yeah that is my mom she was like oh my god she helped me when I was like homeless before blah blah blah, blah. she's like I still have her number and ended up sending me home I didn't have no money to get home from that party and she paid for me to be able to get home at a time and I was like I'll never forget that it's just like how you are in the world it has these other effects that can protect your children even when you're not there so I'm proud of you keep doing what you're doing I love it I live for it there's definitely some things about pregnancy and parenting that I'm gonna need to learn from you um along the way because this is community this is this is how it it comes together and helps us. So is there anything else you want to say? No. <laughs> no, I'm all talked out. I can't believe I've just spoke for this long. Well, thank you very much for coming and sharing with us. I am going to leave the links to your cakes and also for your blog in the bio so everyone can go and check that out thank you so much for listening stay tuned because there's more episodes with more conversations and if there's anything else you want to hear about then just send me an email or a dm thank you guys and until next time thanks for having me thank you for joining me for an episode of my sacred return the podcast i hope this space made you feel comfortable and that you'll return next week If you feel called to, please subscribe and tell a friend to tell a friend. 
You can keep up with me on Instagram at MySacredReturn and the rest of my social media links will be in the description box. See you next time, Sacred Souls.